0: Oh, hey. (laughs) Welcome to Better Together, everybody. Did you like that, Jeff?
2: It was one of those, oh, I I didn't see you there.
0: (laughs) Oh, hey. (laughs) It is Wednesday, July 29th, 2020, and we are here to learn, to grow, to laugh, because when you know better, you get better. I am so excited for the show today. We come to you again from my studio here in Connecticut, um, I'm psyched because we are going to get to laugh today. And although we did get to laugh along this road trip, a lot, we did. I always need more, so we have stand-up comic Nikki Glaser in for a much-needed laugh today. Uh, our quote of the day: Among those whom I like or admire, I can find no common denominator, but among those whom I love, I can. All of them make me laugh. W.H. Auden. I love it. Um, Thank you guys for joining us as always. If you haven't hit subscribe, please do. Our research shows that 70% of you are popping in and aren't subscribing. If you subscribe, you'll get those fun little alerts so you don't miss an episode. Plus, it helps us tremendously. So we would be so grateful. And the numbers are just every day. P.S. We celebrate. Every time we go up. So we're like, yes, yes, we're at 20.1 or 21 point, whatever, whatever it is. We are literally checking it and cheering every day. And I think like laws of attraction are working for us now yes. because they just keep going up and we're celebrating, we're celebrating <laughs> and we are expecting them to continue to grow. But thank you guys for for helping us with that. Um, and, you know, what we'll do on our end is we'll continue to bring you these amazing guests that will help you get better and help you along in your journey. I wonder one
2: more cool thing about subscribing that people don't realize if you subscribe to Maria's channel YouTube will not only ping you about our videos but recommend similar content so Maria you mentioned that you get great Esther videos recommended to you by YouTube it's because you're subscribed so if you love our guests and you love our content subscribing will not only help you with our show but it'll actually enhance your YouTube experience people don't realize that so definitely worth it
0: well I just know from Kevin he uses YouTube for a lot of music so they sub like suggest other music and he listens to very eclectic stuff. Mm-hmm. So it really does help him. Um if you haven't already joined us at Patreon for a deeper experience, please do. We're doing a lot of giveaways in there and we're really excited to share some of these guests with you so that you can have your own experience with them and not just hear them but be connected to them. So Patty Penn yesterday, the Reiki mm-hmm. Master is giving a free session away to one lucky Patreon member. So we're gonna be picking it Random. Um, we had Alisa who is giving um, the Flow Living giveaways, which yes. I'm really excited about. So join us there, and not only for the giveaways, but we're doing great content. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this week we're talking about limiting beliefs and Ooh. how we can get rid of those so that we can move forward. Funny enough, uh, as I'm reclaiming my home here and getting it set up, so that when my parents do eventually come back here. Um, and also for us to be able to enjoy it, like, slowly but surely, we've hoarded it. <laughs> Kevin and I have spent the last 10 years dehoarding it. Oh, my gosh. Um, but, or maybe longer. Uh, but now we're at a good place, and now I'm creating our black book for this house. Now, if you haven't heard me talk about this on the show, I definitely wrote about it in my first book, The Every Girl's Guide to Life, but... Uh, between my friend Laura Schiffman, who runs a huge PR company, and even Heidi Klum, the two of them had these like books that contained all their vital information. And I kind of married the two and created my own um, black book. And so you can have everything you need to run your life in this book. And it's great. I do a hard copy in the kitchen and then I have a, a digital copy so I can look up things very easily. But I've had it for Our Home in L.A., but I have not had one here. So my parents being the most amazing people in the world, however, highly disorganized, <laughs> it is a very, it's it's a great challenge to try to get <laughs> anything done here because the only way they remember things is if they they write the number on like a sticky note and tape it to the kitchen wall. That system's shit, guys. Like it yeah. just doesn't work. And it's just, then it drops and you lose it. and And then they forget to do certain ones and not the others. And so anyhow especially now with my mom being sick she's not able to be on top of this stuff she does remember stuff which is crazy amazing her cognitive powers are coming back so um was something she reminded me of the other day and i was like oh what a great idea but um i've been putting together our black book with like the plumber's name and number and the ac guy's name and number and so today funny enough we got a new ac guy that came here his name is eric
1: yay eric and
0: just as he was leaving because i'm like we need to pipe in some ac to the studio because it is h-o-t in here <laughs> and he's like so what's better together and i was telling him about better together and he started telling me about the fact that he went to tony robbins uh like two years ago mm-hmm. and it changed his life he quit teaching and then was inspired by one of the speakers who had been really down and out in his luck and now has like 80 private jets and whatever. Um, And uh, I interviewed him at UPW. You remember him. Mm -hmm. Okay, so he's like, yeah, I quit my job and I started my own business. And I mean, I forget the multiples of money, like he's exploded financially and in every way his life has changed so much. So um I was like, can I get that on video? I just have to send it to Tony for fun because I just think it's so random that I was just there. It was and insane. here's this guy with this, like, great story. And Tony gets this all day long because he's touched so many lives. But um it was pretty cool.
1: It was very cool. My jaw, Jeff, it was after we had chatted. And my jaw. I walk upstairs and Maria's telling me this. And I was just like, w- wait, what?! We were just there. So it was very ironic. It was really amazing. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, there's a million of these stories, but it was pretty cool. It was just kind of full circle. And yeah, he was great. He was really great.
0: Meanwhile, uh, last night, Jeff, I made an amazing dinner for Kelsey and I. I made a shrimp scampi. It sounds like you've heard about oh. this. Well,
2: oh, yeah, Kelsey, breathe me. And you've made it.
0: When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, it's time to make your life a little easier, and to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them, too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. Before, right? I remember seeing that in your story. Not as good as this, though. So Insane. I went online really quickly because I was like, oh, gosh, I was brain dead for ingredients. Now, I've never made shrimp scampi officially, but I was like, okay, shrimp with pasta, some garlic and butter and Parmesan cheese. No, this time I went full on. I saw all the ingredients and I didn't have enough time to like measure anything or whatever. I just eyeballed everything. So I found some Pinot grigio, through the Pinot grigio in. Then I saw we didn't have any garlic. We had this like weird gar- garlic stuff that you have to grind up in a, you know, thing. Yeah. So I grinded up the garlic, some salt, pepper lemon, and butter. Threw the shrimp in, threw the pasta in, and made this... Oh,
1: insane. God.
0: It was insane. insane. She even had a
1: little appetizer before. It was a whole yeah, thing. I had a,
0: co- a shrimp cocktail. They're romantic. Ra- ap- <laughs> shrimp cocktail appetizer. Kelsey had bought some sulfite free wine, and oh. so we've literally not stopped working. So, we like had 20 minutes. We yeah. went over to the gazebo, and you know, it's so beautiful here. Like there's just trees and greenery everywhere. And so we just sat and ate and it was really nice. And so we are trying to, uh, you know, enjoy these, mm-hmm. these moments mm-hmm. here too.
1: Yeah. It was so good. It, it was nice. Maria was like, okay, yeah, you can take two seconds. Cause I even told her, I was like, oh, okay, I have 10 minutes, whatever. She said, no, no, no. Yeah. Come on. We have to, like you said, I mean, you work you work your butt off but you also have to take those mm-hmm. breaks and deserved breaks so it was yep very nice very yep, nice yep yep
2: i love cooking too i find it to be so relaxing if i mm. can just carve out that time even though because the thing i like about it is it's active but it's something else you're doing and there's some freedom totally. with it i love to improvise in the kitchen too maria so sounds amazing you'll yeah. I'll have to did you guys get photos of the food or anything or any stories or anything?
0: I did one photo of us. Yeah. I don't know if I yeah, put you it did. in That's stories. Right. but Outside. um But yeah, Bee Jelly, it was really good. And the, uh, the sad part was, is after dinner, I was really like tired. I'm like, I need a nap. So I went to bed at like 8-ish and I said, wake me up at 10 or I'm going to set my alarm at 10 and then we're going to go out and look at, for the meteor shower and the final viewing of Comet Neo-wise. So alarm goes off and she's like, uh, it's cloudy. So we were sad that we weren't gonna get to see it. But I will so. tell you the meteor showers are tonight as well. So we will get to see so it tonight. Look out world. Lookout world. Woo. We will get to see it tonight. I promise. I am gonna put the energy out there mm-hmm. that um that we get to see it and there aren't clouds. And then another interesting story for you, Jeff. So we um we were driving and all of a sudden I saw this like little It was like six tents. I mean, our town is so teeny. Six little tents, and they were doing um, like a farmer's market kind of thing. Walk up to one, and they have birdhouses. I go, oh, birdhouses. How cute. He goes, oh, we have butterfly houses, too. I'm like, shut the front door, (laughs) especially since the whole butterfly story yesterday where we found the butterfly. If you didn't listen yesterday, we found a butterfly on the street. I put my hand down. She climbed up. And then went for a walk with us for 10 minutes before I decided to put her down into a shrub. Now, I was so sad, but I was like, okay, new beginnings, transformation. Everybody's been telling me what, you know, these butterflies, mm-hmm. you know, signify. And the fact that we saw it, it was like 30 bucks and this like, you know, this older couple makes them. And so I was like, okay, I'm buying one to support And how ironic that this is all happening right now where I'm trying to kind of, you know, figure out this next chapter of life and how I want it to be. So we bought it. And this morning we went for our same walk and I kept looking for Pearl. Kelsey (laughs) named her Pearl. I'm like, Pearl, I got you a house, Pearl.
2: (laughs) I love that. I kept trying.
0: And I heard that you guys like bananas. So I'm going to put bananas in there. And because when we were walking home, like she's not leaving me. So I'm going to take her home and I'm going to make her my pet. And I'll put like a little bed for her on my nightstand. And we're going to be friends. This is going to be amazing. And then, like, at some point, I go, yeah, I don't think Pearl really wants to be inside my house. And it just seemed like a dangerous adventure for her. Like, what if somebody, like, stepped on her or something right. happened? I just didn't I didn't right. like the sounds of it. So I was like, let me keep you in nature where you're supposed to be. And I let her go. So we went looking for her today, and she wasn't around. But we're going to hang the butterfly house, mm-hmm. and I'm very excited about it.
1: With a little banana peel in there, Jeff, if you didn't know. Yeah. But a little ripe banana peel. And apparently they love that. So yep. it's very cute. It's yeah.
3: Very We're cute. loving
0: Connecticut living.
1: We really are.
2: That's It's just very on brand for you, Maria. A butterfly house and a gathering of animals. You're like your own little Connecticut Snow White. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to start animals. talking soon.
0: Right. I can't wait to go like talk to the llamas. We've just been too busy mm-hmm. like getting things in order here, but there's some llamas around the corner. So every time I come home, I go talk to them, and they all like migrate to me. And I'm like, and "Hi guys!" Yeah, I gotta become friends with everybody. Yeah. I'm excited. Um, right, I do have
1: to give a quick shout out yeah. to Matthew. Happy birthday! Oh, yeah. Happy birthday!
0: We saw your tweet, and mm-hmm. I was laughing because I was like, "Oh, and it's Nikki's birthday." And they're like, no, it's Matt's birthday. So happy, <laughs> happy birthday. birthday.
2: Yay, Matt. I was like, if our guest's birthday is today and I did not flag that, I should be fired from my job. I was oh, like, that would be a no. huge producer ball drop. So Matthew, we're so excited it's your birthday. And your huh. birthday is just as important as Nikki's. So
1: yeah. Awesome. Dang right. Dang
0: right. So I didn't realize Nikki was a Gemini like me. Mm-hmm. So well, let's get Gemini to power. her. She is she available and ready? Yes. Okay. So Nikki Glaser is an American stand-up comedian, actress, podcast host, radio host, television host. Uh, in addition to being one of stand-up comedy's most important and respected voices, she's got multiple self-titled talk shows, and um, she's gonna bring us some much-needed laughter today. No pressure, Nikki. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Hi. Hi don't count don't count on it i mean like yes i will be funny but uh i also like uh i'm i'm listening to taylor Swift's album too much right now to like really bring the like i'm in that kind of state i'm in a folklore version of my own career right now
0: (laughs) am i the only person that doesn't like care about music enough when someone drops an album to even pay attention
3: no okay maria do not feel bad about that because I usually don't care at all and I feel like insecure <laughs> that I don't care about oh, music but Taylor oh Swift is the only exception to the to this for me okay. I, I really care about her a lot more than I should or um is like <laughs> healthy for someone my age like I, I really she brings up like I turn into a 15 year old girl again around uh around her I think I just like really wish she would have been around when I was in high school to like help me through it. And so now she's like helping me through whatever I'm dealing with right now. I mean, I live with my parents right now, so I'm feeling 15 again. So I'm it's kind of uh, appropriate for Wait, you're the in setting that I'm in. St. Louis. Was it St. Louis? Yeah. I'm living in St. Louis and I'm, I'm here in my dad's home office and I grew up in this house and I sleep in my childhood bedroom and everything's weird <laughs> it's oh so weird God. i was supposed to be here like i don't know i thought like two weeks and then it just um and that was in march so wait so okay so <clears throat> let's back up
0: here yeah you came here in march or you went there in march to escape and you know hopefully ride this out for a little bit um now you're full-on living with them um did you get rid of your place in LA? Are you going to get
3: rid of your place in LA? Are you confused about where you want to live like the rest of us? Yeah, I really am. I'm glad to hear you say that too. I actually, I live in, I want to talk about that because it feels like everyone's kind of like, why do I even need to be here anymore? Um, I I lived in New York actually, and um, I had just moved into a new place March 1st. And I was in LA for the beginning of March doing some sh- work. And so I wasn't even in New York when my place was being decorated and everything. And then right when I was supposed to get back on the 16th, that's when, you know, right before that is when stuff started going down. I had no, uh, the, the decorators and people, I, I have no furniture, like a couple, I would say like six months prior to getting this place, I had just decided to get rid of all my junky furniture. I've been toting around since like my tw- like early 20s. And I was like, I'm going to be an adult woman and get a luxury apartment that I can finally afford because I've worked hard and I deserve it. And why am I living like a, like, uh, you know, I'm fresh out of college. I still, I'm holding on to, I have to rough it. And it's like, no, I've got some money. I'm a single woman. I don't have much, uh, overhead, so let's do this. So I got a, a really nice place that I was like, I felt like I was undeserving of even to begin with. And oh, no. I hired a decorator, and I was like doing the, the thing that I thought I was supposed to do. Oh no! And then the world came crashing down, and I've never even stepped foot in it, and I'm paying for it still, and I'm locked in for twelve months no on a place that I've never <clears throat> lived in. And so, um, and so I just went to St. Louis because, um, long story short, I was in LA at the beginning of March to do a bunch of TV, and my parents were out there with me because. Um, I was doing the Kelly Clarkson show and they were doing like a a pre-tape of a mother's day show. And so they were like, Oh, let's fly in your mom from St. Louis. I was like, that's great. I was also doing Conan that week. And my dad is a huge Conan fan. I was like, let's bring the whole family out. So they were with me in LA when stuff started getting weird. And I just had this overriding feeling of like, I just want to stay with my mom and dad. This is really scary. I want to protect them. I'm really scared for them. And, we've already been exposed to each other so I might as well just like go back home which always feels safe to me anyway and yeah. and then yeah cut to mid uh, <laughs> okay we're look we're at the end of July it's end like of July August. I'm still here and I just started looking at apartments in St. Louis to move out yesterday <gasps> no way yeah like I think I'm just moving here <gasps> oh my god I don't know like I can why would do you live in New York now doing here yes what was that
0: why would you live in New York when you can live anywhere now? Like,
3: why would you go into that congested, closed-up closet? you The only reason I was in New York was because I liked doing comedy clubs every single night. Like, I was addicted to just going on stage every night, which you can't do anymore. And going to restaurants, you can't do anymore. And being out of my apartment. I mean, I had a nice place, but, like, it's about the social element of living in that city. And it's just not there anymore. And then L.A., I was kind of considering going there. Ugh. And it doesn't seem like there's a lot going on either there. I was there last week and I'm like, wow, it feels dead. And kind of, I walked down the street to get a Starbucks from my, like the place I was staying. And I was like, I, I feel scared a little bit. It's just like, even in West Hollywood, it's like the, it just feels, it feels eerie. So I don't know what, what are, where are you? I'm in Connecticut. (laughs) you really?
0: So I think it was maybe... Four, 13 or 14 years ago, we bought this house and we called it our doomsday property. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh my gosh. Here we you are. Saw
0: all of this. Yes. <laughs> and so my parents have lived here. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused. And we, you know, we come and visit, but it's really been for them to kind of just enjoy and have, like, a beautiful, you know, property and whatever. And so, yeah, um, yeah we have been just feeling like, why are we going to stay in L.A.? Like, we were staying there for work, and now we're kind of, like, looking at all different places. I'm I'm getting my dual citizenship in Greece. Yeah. Um, <gasps>
3: Well, wow, yeah, my... just like the Hankses. Do you know that the Hanks, Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson, just became citizens of Greece? Oh
0: yeah, oh yeah. And you know what? Um, <laughs> you know, we got married there. My family is yeah. from there. Like, we love it. And so I was like, I want to be able to travel there. And if I'm a dual citizen, I can travel there. This travel oh, stuff yes. isn't going to go away for a long time. And I'm not somebody who can just not travel. I I yeah. like to to go places, and so. Uh yeah, I'm just and I don't know where we're going to live and what we're going to do, but I am very happy here in Connecticut right now. People actually smile and wave at you. They don't <laughs> growl at you. So, you know, I I think like I was I don't know. LA was great when you worked there and yeah. And now you know when I go walking I'm like oh hi or whatever and people just growl at you here people are like driving you know by we're going for like morning walks and they're like
3: hello and we're like hello <laughs> <laughs> it's so nice yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree more with you and I I just feel like LA and New York I'm glad to have built my career living in either of those cities I kind of flip-flopped back and forth after college And I just feel like it's almost a young person's game. Like I just kind of want to settle down and be somewhere where I'm not. I I think my desire to be in those places was to be a part of the mix and to build a career and always be available. And now I'm kind of like getting more comfortable with saying no to things. I don't want to be that available for every little thing. And I've been able to conduct business from St. Louis pretty easily. And I've gotten more into podcasting and broadcasting, which you can do anywhere and, Mm -hmm. I don't know, and you can, I've been on a lot of TV shows from this exact office, like, mm-hmm. I, I think, I think it can be done remotely, and I think everyone's kind of learning that. I know,
0: so. for sure, that's what we're all learning, and, you know, I know you went and did Jimmy Kimmel Live recently, which yeah, I was watching and literally dying laughing the fact that you're like this is the highlight like this is such a huge moment for me and it's gonna suck so bad because (laughs) there's no one to laugh I'm still like in shock so Jeff's wife you know works at um
3: Jimmy Kimmel I was like why don't they use canned laughter to help a little bit I know I I don't understand that was actually part of the monologue that I had pitched to them was because I was just watching other guests guest hosts monologues And even if the jokes are so funny and they kill, it's Mm -hmm. so awkward with no laughter. I mean, even the soup has like the camera guys laughing and it's something, you know, like, you know, even just a a couple people laughing would give it some texture. (laughs) Uh, It's, I I mean, I would have taken crickets. At least it's a noise. I mean, that (laughs) place was just, I wish that there was an infestation in that house that we record from, but I even pitched to them like. Can I ev- can I say let's use canned laughter because I don't understand why sitcoms get to have it yeah. and somehow people suspend disbelief and are able to put up with that at yeah. home but for some reason with a late night host you need them in front it's either all or nothing I I, I don't know that I agree with it well it's it's so weird no I will laughter, say so I weird. want
0: it as an audience member and I want it in wrestling too like in wrestling they're out there wrestling and like please just give them some canned laughter or something or like sports same thing we need that even if you have to lie to us right now we need the lie lying is okay in this scenario but you killed it um you were so great we were dying laughing and your nikki's quickies is that (gasps) like a new thing that you just created for that because that was awesome
3: well, you know, I st- I, I've I been doing it on my Instagram, which is uh, I've been going on speed dates <laughs> on my Instagram. Uh, and I stole the idea from my friend, Andrew, who ha- had been doing it, Andrew Collin, who had been doing it uh, a lot. And I was just, he he does it like three times a week where he just goes on his Instagram and he pulls up different people that request to go live with him, different girls. He's like a single guy in his late 30s. He's he's one of my best friends. And I was addicted to the show of watching him go on these dates. And it was very real and like, there was it wasn't just all for show it was like it felt like very intimate like you were a fly on the wall and then i saw that show dating around which i don't know if you've seen the show on netflix dating around is it good i i recommend it because it's not like (gasps) the bachelor or any other kind of dating show it's it really is very awkward and shows how awkward dating can be because that's something that i've always been so I hate dating and I don't understand why anyone, I guess no one really loves it, but I really, really hate it. I feel so out of control. I don't feel myself. I feel vulnerable. like you're auditioning. Awkward. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I and I don't have my lines memorized and I didn't get any sides. I have no prep. And it's just, I just feel, I hate it. It's one of the most, I would rather do anything else than go on a date. I most I cancel first dates all the time right before it. I don't date at all. And that's, I think why I've, I had my life kind of scheduled where I did stand-up comedy every single night because that way, if anyone asked me on a date, I could always say, I can't, I have a set. And then I was watching this dating round and I was also watching my friend Andrew do it. And I was like, oh wait, it's not just me. Dating is freaking awkward. And I, that's not an excuse not to do it. And I'm 36. I'm living home with my parents. I would like to have a partner to go through, uh, through a pan, the next pandemic with, or the, like, <laughs> you know, this, I feel like this is just the way of life now. And I, I am kind of mad at myself for not having done it like dated more because I just feel so behind the curve in terms of trying to find someone. And, and as much as I'm probably not ready for it, because I just, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know where I'm at, but I I'm so scared to do it, but I just decided I'm like, okay, I'm going to bite the bullet and I'm going to do this live dating thing because I'm more comfortable doing things on camera than by myself Uh, 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 and everything. I would rather do everything on camera than alone with someone intimately. And so I was like, oh, this is perfect. I'll just have thousands of people watching me go on these dates. So I did it. and um and then i pitched it to kimmel as or they pitched it to me because they had seen it and they were like do you want to do that dating thing on the show and i was like okay sure and um and i haven't done it since the kimmel one but i did it two times prior like just from my parents living room the weeks before and it was excruciating and it was really vulnerable i hated every second of it i felt not funny i felt Um, because people got mad when I would try to be funny or try to interview them. They'd be like, this is a talk show. Just get a talk show. We turned tuned in for a dating show. And I'm like, okay, well then, I, I guess I don't know what, how to do that then. And the answer is I just don't know how to date. And it's, and it really, it's, it's hard for me. And I, I don't like being vulnerable. I don't like feeling like I owe, I feel like I owe a guy something if I go on a first date with him and I owe him a second date and I owe like, and it just turns into this kind of obligation. It, it freaks me out. Yeah. We have a lot to unpack there, Nikki. So much. <laughs> I, mean, I haven't even unpacked from my trip to LA last week, literally. So there's there's so much unpacking to do. I I don't know what it is. It's just, I like to be in control. That's why I do stand up. That's I'm just a control freak. And with dating, men do not, that's not a it's not a good characteristic to have in a relationship. Mm. I I don't think that that works for me in a relationship. So I'm having to like sit back and just let them kind of lead. And it's excruciating. What's crazy is like I, at first,
0: you know, I'm like, Oh God, she's going to be in St. Louis. There's going to be good, nice men there. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, you're going to have, such a better experience staying there. But you can't <laughs> date anybody in the pandemic. I don't know no. how people are doing it. How it's like, and by the way, Nikki, this may not end. This I might be life. Know. Right? I know. We don't have cures <laughs> for all viruses, guys. I don't know why everybody's like, oh yeah, everything's just gonna go back to normal once we get a vaccine. You're like, wait, 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 wait. First of all, that vaccine. Whatever, which one comes out first could grow a second head for us, okay? Or we could all start getting new genitals, or who knows what's going to happen,
3: right? They're rushing the testing so much that yeah, there's no (laughs) way to know what the long term effects of this vaccine. And I don't want genitals. People already don't take vaccines. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's scary, and I know that is that is what I'm most scared of. It's like I. I really messed up not finding a boyfriend. I'm so jealous of people who have partners and I know that the grass is greener and a lot of people are in relationships that they're like, man, I wish I would have gotten out of this before this happened. So I know that there's always two sides to this, but there's something about, I, I really am kind of disappointed in myself for not having found someone before this. Well, you know, I feel it's like hard it's almost because... like a desperate situation,
0: but we all like so many women, we choose our careers over our personal lives right and also you know I always say to people this business like the entertainment business I remember my mom always struggling with her hair it's frizzy Maria my mom would say in her Greek accent what do you have I tried so hard to find her products I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days to do anything else it is incredible i love it frizz free up your schedule with way go to the way t-h-e-o-u-a-i.com and enter the promo code Heal squad for 15 percent off any product that's the way t-h-e-o-u-a-i.com promo code heel squad trust me you won't regret it is there's no real total path to making it right so like to be on camera let's say um you want to be a doctor, you go to medical school, you're going to get your degree and you're going to be a doctor. Like it's boom, you get to do it. Lawyer, you go to law school, boom, you get to do it. Now, whether you're, you know, ABC level, whatever, that's on you. But like, there's a magic that comes with being on camera that it's, you know, one in a million that gets to succeed in this world. So you have to give it everything you have to succeed. And then when you're in it, You've got to give even more than... you got to find reserves that you didn't even know you had to stay in it. So yeah. as women, it's very challenging for us because we also are made to reproduce and do all these things. And we're like, shit, I don't have time. And you wake up and you're like, oh, shit. Like, time's ticking and now like for me i remember i was 35 i started freaking out i'm like oh my god i'm never gonna have time to do kids so i did ivf and you know locked a few things in the freezer (laughs) my mom keeps saying maria the babies they're very cold (laughs) (laughs) and so anyway frostbite yeah it's Um, hard
3: I, I completely relate to that. I think it, I just blinked and I, it went from being 22 and I was like, I have time. Let me just like, I don't need to worry about a guy or kids or even think about that. And it just felt so cliche to say that, but it really feels like it went by like that. And now I'm Mm -hmm. 36 and I'm still on the fence about kids. And that's not a place to be at 36. Like you don't get to be on the fence. You need to make a decision. And I just haven't yet. And so hard. I am so. I still I just feel so stunted when it comes to relationships I want to be in one so badly but the people I'm drawn to are still the people who are unavailable and not that great for me and the people who are like me and tend to like really want to get to know me and commit to me uh, truly disgust me and like <laughs> make my skin crawl and I can't help it I don't know what to do about it yeah. I you know part of me just goes, should you, do you just fight it? I've done that before where there's a guy and you're just like, Oh, I just, he's just grossing me out. He just like the way he looks at me and he seems like, so like, I don't know, secure. And it just, and I, and everything about it's repulsive to me. Um, but I fight it and then it never, it never goes away. I don't, those people don't win me over. I try to like go against my instincts, but uh, I'm just drawn. I'm still drawn to like, not that great of people and not that available of people. And I'm working like crazy on myself to attract the right person. Cause you can only attract people that are as healthy as you. And you can't love, you can't let anyone love you until you love yourself, all that stuff. And so I don't know how people love themselves so much to like be loved i feel like i'm a very intelligent woman i have a good career i um i have a lot of things going i'm intelligent and nice and kind i have a lot of things going for me but i just don't like people who like me so i guess i don't (laughs) like myself i mean i must have low self-esteem i don't know how to get rid of it though but i i go to therapy i meditate i read self-help books like I do everything I can, but I think it's a little too late now.
0: No, 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 no. You just got to get the right person that can help it's you. get the go. right person.
3: Yeah, because, so we did
0: a whole episode, I forget who it was with, on self-love. Um, Jeff, you might oh, remember.
2: Deidre, Deidre Haid? Was that, she was self-love, no, right?
0: she was great. Um, she's actually great. We can prescribe a few episodes for you. <laughs> okay, um, please. When I meet people, if it's like they got cancer, I'm like, okay, you need this episode, this episode, this episode. Yeah. Um, for you, it's funny. Patty Stanger was on my show just before the pandemic. And she was talking about how you should never go on a first date; You should always do a Zoom date. And I was uh, like, is she psychic? Because yes. like within two Whoa. weeks, it was like, okay, the only thing people can do is Zoom date. But, but it doesn't
3: even know about Zoom until after this thing started. That's really ahead of the curve. She, yeah, she's someone who I got in my head um, early on about dating of like, always have your hair straight. Men want to be able to run their hands through it always look like like dress very feminine and like uh, all the kind of things ideas she put in my head of um what men want and and that's another thing i resent is like trying to be someone i'm not on a date to look a certain way for them and to and i just uh, but also wanting to be myself but being scared that myself will be i'll be rejected but you can't be too much yourself. I mean, you can't give it all away too soon. Um, so that's hard for me too, because there is a lot of me out there. I mean, if someone listens to my podcast, I'm like, okay, well then we're already practically married. You know so much about me. (laughs) So there's, there's information out there that men can look at and, and get to know me fairly well. And I think that's, that's probably what's keeping a lot of guys at, at bay as well as being like this girl shares too much and I don't want to be a part of that so yeah I've got I to think, be better about that I think there's like well a as... combination
0: here like first of all um, we had a really great Reiki master on yesterday and her name is Patty Penn I feel like if you did a little bit of work with Patty she can help you like therapists are amazing but they take forever mm-hmm. she gets right to the root and she can help you understand why it is that you don't like the people that like you Right? Why you're only attracting the people that disgust you? It's because you're afraid to be loved. You're afraid to be vulnerable, right? So you're pushing everybody away. Well, I just did it for you. There you go. Yeah, um, you really did. I mean, you. <laughs> right? Like, it. if you think about it, like, you don't want to be vulnerable. So then you're you're deflecting everyone. She said to me once because I, I had a session with her, and I said, "God, like, I." I know bad people instantly like there's like I spot them in the room and I know they're bad and she's like if you keep looking for the monster you're gonna find the monster and I was like oh for the love of God so I had to stop scanning right like I would scan because I was always in self-protect mode because I never felt safe and so someone like her can get right to the root which I did just now but she'll go even better and deeper and stuff but you need to change your attraction point right And you kind of know this because you're doing some of that work. But some of the things that I need to work on what I do at night is I'll say my prayers every night. And then I ask the universe, please continue to send an abundance. Continue to send means you're already sending. You're not coming from a place of lack. So Esther Hicks, I don't know if you're familiar.
3: Yeah, I'm
0: obsessed. I listen every morning to prime and get ready in the right headspace. But you don't want to come from a place of lack. What you want What you desire and what you believe have to be completely congruent for the universe to give you what you want. So if you desire a relationships to go through the next pandemic with or even the rest Mm -hmm. of this one, but you don't believe it's really going to happen, guess what? You just blocked it. But if you can get yourself to, to desire and then believe it can happen by starting to visualize what it would feel like to have that partner next to you, to be running around having fun, to be laughing, to be having the experience as if it already happened and living in that space, you're going to start to change your attraction point and it will come, but you have to really believe it. And so I ask every night, For an abundance of amazing people to continue to flow into my life, amazing um, uh, producers, collaborators, investors, people to help bring my visions to light. I ask for an abundance of, of of love and positivity. I say I ask for money to keep continuing to flow in easily and frequently. These are like things that I've picked up from Esther that I continue in my nightly and then I go through my gratitude list of everything that happened in the day that I was grateful for because I'm changing my attraction point I'm not focusing on the bad things I'm focusing on the good things and by the way when you start to do that you remember so many things that you totally took for granted and totally forgot about even amazing
3: things you're like how the hell did I forget that that was huge so these are the things I'm doing at night that's really good. I, I, I just got into prayer, like just during this pandemic of just believing that there's something bigger than myself that is looking out for me and all those things. I, I mean, I come from an atheist family. My mom literally walked in on me praying a couple weeks ago and it was, I would have had her preferred her walking on um in on me like in a gang bang. I mean, <laughs> like, that's how weird it is in my house. Like we couldn't talk about it. I was like on my knees at my bed, like old school style praying, and um and it was just so embarrassing because it's just that's just not something i've ever been told is okay and it's for dumb people and it's for people that you know it's it's just you're you're too intelligent to think that there's a god but you know the god of my understanding is just it's really helped me get through this and i i need to do exactly what you're saying which is already be practice gratitude Mm -hmm. and know that i'm already getting those things but the visualization had really resonated with me what you just said of just running it through my head picturing how that would feel to have a partner and um because i don't do that i don't let myself fantasize as soon as you said that i was like oh that made me uncomfortable because i mean i'm not to make it about about sex but even like when i do stuff alone in uh, you know sexually because that's all i have right now (laughs) i rely very much on porn i must say like almost if porn didn't exist i would masturbate i just i I have no imagination when it comes to that i'm a very creative person i mean obviously that's what i do for a living is like create but i don't have any imagination when it comes to sex or intimacy at, at all and so i think that's something that i probably need to do
0: Bonus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one-ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today.
3: Minus the sweet chili. And it's why I'm watching Down to Earth with Zac Efron uh, (laughs) quite frequently. Just to see what it would be like. Traveling with I him, you. Is- <laughs> but you
0: don't—you don't think you deserve happiness, right?
3: Um, that's n- the thing. Like you no, said, like you had to struggle. like,
0: you had to fight to deserve that apartment. You had to fight to deserve your success. Yes. And so, between the deserving and the vulnerability, it's a recipe for disaster. Because you're like, wait, uh, your rational brain is like, I'm working hard and like I made
3: money and I should be able to do this. Well, who's stopping you? You me you're so right i i mean you just really you're good because (laughs) dude that is exactly it everything for me is has to be if i get any reward it's on the other side of a punishment like Mm. i i have to go for a grueling run in order to like really have a, a meal i enjoy i have to um, work hours on a script or something, if I am allowed to take a nap, I. if I'm allowed to watch TV, everything, there's a punishment before, oh my God. usually before because I can't even enjoy it's not, there's never really enjoyment first and then punishment later because I can't enjoy the thing unless I've already suffered for it and uh, it's just ridiculous because I don't expect that from anyone else in my life I want everyone else to just feel mm-hmm. joy whenever they want to and as much as they want to without some consequence but I just uh, I'm a very punishing and um, punitive mm-hmm. person to myself and and yeah. it's gotta stop because it's getting old but um yeah do you have any of that like do you do you feel or have you overcome any of that because you're such a hard-working person I mean isn't that part of what makes you so hardworking is so you can enjoy something on the other side of it and feel not guilty for it yeah but to that?
0: it's funny because <clears throat> I'm going through the same stuff right now where I'm reevaluating everything right I have realized that because I grew up with like violence and abuse right so I'm a I am very allowing of people to treat me poorly or to not respect me or any of that and then when they are nice I forget because I instantly forgive and I'm like oh okay cool okay we can keep going and it's like wait like I I can't live like this anymore because but I just identified it in in just this last week where I'm like and I'm sure I've identified it before but I've been too busy but I was like Kevin Mm -hmm. we both had abusive situations and we are so okay with people just being narcissistic um, like the people who abused us or um, um. just yeah I mean just okay with continuing these cycles and I'm like I'm gonna do a massive emotional clean out while I'm here in Connecticut I am gonna chart my entire life out where am I putting my energy who am I putting it in where I want to go you know Patty told me yesterday she was like and she was being kind mm-hmm. she goes you're operating at 50 percent and I go yeah that's about right but she's like but really maybe like less and I go yeah probably like 40% because I'm so exhausted because I am allowing things to take place and people to stress me out and drain the shit out of me because I have a high tolerance for it right, right. and so I'm working on it we're all work first of all we're all works in progress we're all trying that's why I do the show every day because I'm bringing in these experts that are helping me unlock this stuff for me and for all of us, Um, but it's is—it's really hard to deprogram our programming, right? And so it all starts as, you know, so many of the Bruce Lipton's and the amazing gurus I've had on the show, it all starts like before the age of 10, right? How we were programmed in those early years really sets the stage. And even Patty was saying yesterday, like when you see a 50-year-old having a tantrum, it's like their five-year-old self. It's just that. And so we have a lot to unpack and a lot of work to do. Um, I, and, you know, you probably have to go back and look at, like, maybe even traumas in your childhood that shaped you to this point. And then if that's the case, which I'm assuming is right, EMDR, have you yeah. heard about EMDR? Yeah.
3: Yes, okay, yes. so we had the, an amazing isn't it like blinking and like looking things and no fingers and
0: yeah, well, it's tapping. sound and and eye movement, but rapid eye movement and sounds. And so we had Tammy Vellacenti on the show who is incredible, and I have done um Skype sessions with her, Zoom sessions with her. Um, it's incredible, it's incredible. And so um, I clearly have to go back in on this because sometimes you can like get past one, but it's like there's a little residual. I'm going to go back Mm -hmm. in on this um, and I'm going to do another session with Patty Mm -hmm. as well. And I feel like, listen, we're just we're trying, but it's so easy to identify the issues in other people. Right. And then if you're doing this work, you can start to identify it in yourself and start to apply some of these things and things change instantly like energy is wow. so real the energy you're putting out is the energy you know you're repelling these guys because you're scared
3: yeah i i mean i i wouldn't the guys that i'm attracted to i would not let them date my friends you know like it's so ridiculous that i would put up with it for myself and it all does come back to the person that I, the way I felt as a kid, just, um, just scared, constantly, constantly terrified, um, constantly feeling less than invisible. I think that, uh, yeah, I, my self esteem was like set in a place. Like I'm still like 15. I, I got an eating disorder when I was like 18 that kind of like really, uh, ruin, like just, I I am before the eating disorder and after like, that's my life is like cut out into those pieces. And it it all led like, there was stuff that happened before it that led to it happening, but I really feel stuck right before it and almost longing to get back to that. And I didn't heal a part of myself that that was meant to heal and nothing gets healed from an eating disorder. I mean, it's just a coping mechanism So I think it's, I'm, I'm just now like trying to really release myself from any like food behaviors that are distorted or disordered because it just shifts, Mm -hmm. you know, when I first got it, it was like deadly and nearly killed me. And then it becomes manageable and like not, it doesn't worry anyone and you can hide it for years and years and years, but it does quietly in, you know, in private really ruin your life and I just I kind of got to a place in quarantine with it that I was like I can't do this to myself anymore I can't you know be eating in private and starving throughout the day binging at night you know just erratic behaviors that I think I kind of isolated as maybe a a, much like my addiction to stand-up comedy it's always an excuse not to get close to someone well you know I don't want to get close to that guy because then he'll see my weird eating habits and then he won't love me because I'm so disgusting when it comes to this thing so I kind of am working right now to free up those and to take those out of my life and to get back to normal eating and have a normal relationship with food. And boy, that was just plugging a, a really a hole for me that I don't know what else to put in now. Now that yeah. those have kind of been more or less lifted and I'm eating normally and I'm not hiding things in that respect. I'm like, oh, it wasn't just that. You know, that wasn't the issue. That was actually a Band-Aid for a lot of the the whatever wound I have from my childhood so edmr actually sounds um like something i should try because that's the thing though maria is i don't have any trauma that is specific Mm -hmm. you know i i I almost wish there was a and maybe i've like repressed it i mean there's been times where i'm like oh maybe let's go in and dig some stuff up and maybe i'm scared to dig some stuff up oh yeah i'm yeah you know like I, I I think that that could be a thing that I'm scared to even look into because I would prefer to keep being in denial of 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 things that might have happened. Mm-hmm. So I got to do some more work, unfortunately. And it's ugh, I'm already doing so much. This is the <laughs> time, god. though. What
0: like what a great pause we've been given. It is. I was thinking um, there's also another guy I had on the show. I'm writing a list for you. Um, oh my god, I love but you. But Peter Crone. He is really incredible. And when I sat with him, like he has you fill out a questionnaire and then you start to identify the things that, you know, um, have plagued you. And one of it for me was like complete and utter fear of safety and all of that. And one of the breakthroughs he gave me was, you know, your your fear when you were little and what happened when you were little, that's not... That's not that's not happening anymore, right? Like that was that was you know ten year old Maria. That was so. Anytime you have these irrational fears, like I am, I was so hyper. I'm hyper aware. I'm hypersensitive to you know people that want to hurt me or whatever. So I'm always, like I said, looking for the bad guy. And I'm like the, I'm in charge of the neighborhood watch. So I'm really good at it. Oh, hilarious. Oh yeah. I
3: picture you in like that little like cap, like the silhouette guy on the, all the window stickers. You have (laughs) no
0: idea how legit insane I am with this. But, um, he was like, anytime you have these irrational, like you can't wake up until you go search the property and like, you know, you can't can't go to bed. Yeah. I would always have these things. He was like, just remind yourself. That's like 10 year old Maria. That's not you. You're you're not unsafe anymore. You're not not safe. So he did this whole process with me, and I'll tell you, it really did release me a lot. Also having a huge ass German Shepherd, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah he got you one of those too. Yeah. Yeah. Who will eat you? Who will eat you? He literally will eat you. He's oh my my, my guy. Um, but great. he really did release me of a lot and it's uh it's 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 really hard to get past some of these things and to face them and to deal with them but we won't get better you got to go through the fire and um and i think that's the the opportunity that we have right now is to kind of sit back reassess um we had a great episode with Erin falconer she Mm -hmm. wrote this book how to get shit done and she's like take your life, and do a time like a time journal, like what you do every day. Like you know, you do food journals. Yeah. She's like, do a time journal and look at where your time is going, and then create three buckets that you want to like make sure you focus on, and just that's it. Because when we're trying to do twenty things, it's not not easy. So I'm creating my buckets. I'm going to figure out who and what I'm putting my energy into. I'm reassessing everything, and then, you know, for you, like one of the things I keep hearing in my gut is surrender. Surrender, Mm. surrender, surrender. I was able to surrender after I had brain surgery because guess what? Like that just knocks you on your ass, right? And so I was like, okay, I surrender. I'm going to surrender my anxieties about everything. I'm going to surrender my need to control everything. I'm going to surrender my need to, you know, be a psycho ass, like 24-7, hardcore, when you're sleeping, I'm working person. Yes, And it has made such a difference in my life now do little things creep back up I really try hard to keep those little fires from like becoming big but surrender is it's got to be your new word because you've got to surrender your need to be all these things that people want you to be life is so friggin short right and that is just taxing your immune system taxing your body people get autoimmune diseases because their their bodies are in fight or flight constantly so um you have to surrender you have to find a way to surrender caring and having to put on a show right we're always putting on a show
3: we're always hello we're on camera gotta smile it becomes it's I'm so resent I'm becoming very resentful of it because the older I get the more attention I get when I'm putting on the show I just I mean I've been working with it a lot with my therapist of feeling resentful when people like me because of the show. Cause I'm like, they don't, they like the fake me and uh, the real me. No one even likes. I don't even get attention for it. If I was to quit the show, I'd lose all my followers. I'd lose all my fans. No one wants like the real me. I always have to be funny. I always have to look a certain way. I mean it, and it just makes me really depressed. Like I, cause I can't keep it up. I, I can't always be funny. I can't, I'm not going to always be hot you know it will fade eventually and if I'm putting my worth into that it just it 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 leads to a lot of depression for me the the not surrendering and the and to always be worried about what other people think it's it's still like haunts me and and the competition that what you just said of working when other people are sleeping or you know being jealous of people who work harder than me who are actually you know not well because they work harder than me being jealous of people that are look bedraggled because they're like i get jealous of people who look like sh- shit sometimes because i'm like <laughs> man i I'm i can't not, be good I should with look that more like shit yeah. yeah or like i i don't want when people are like you look relaxed and healthy i'm like that's bad because i need to look tired like i want credit for mm. for working hard and i need it to show and it's yeah. just it's a losing game and it's just leading me to just living a a life. What am, What is this all leading to? If I can't enjoy my life, What's what the am I doing this for? Totally. Right.
0: What is the point? So I, I remember after surgery when I was like, um, why did I think it was cool being an, uh, like a workaholic? Like what? First of all, I was going so against my grain and I didn't even realize it because I'm like, I don't love it like other people love it. I really don't. Like I... Love to to you know do what I do, but I don't need it the way other people need it, right? Yeah, and that was something I realized when I was in the hospital. I just got my head sawed open, and I was like, "Oh, I've been chasing people, <clears throat> using certain people as like my like I had J Lo and like Ryan Seacrest. They were like my pace pace horses. Yeah. Oh my I was God. like, if they can do it, I can do it, right? Because I admired them so much for being able to do everything. And I was like, but I don't want it like they do, I don't think. Why was I using them as my pace horse? Like, can I have like Gabby Bernstein be my pace horse? That's really <laughs> where I'm at, <laughs> right? And so um, priorities are shifting. And I think that collectively we needed this pause because we all have just gotten too crazy. Like think about when we would go to Europe, right? I would be the crazy American in a French bistro be like, "Can I get this to go?" And the coffee you don't have you don't have to go cups for coffee like what? Like we were crazy people. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. It's uh, the marking having j-lo be the person that you i, I, I first of all I, she's like someone i have to mute constantly because i'm like i'm so triggered by how much she works and yeah. how much she always looks great when she's doing everything that she's doing and she's so multi-talented and i i just i do i really have to mute her i it's, it's unhealthy for me when she's like doing these like cleanses and these diets and it's just it's very triggering and mm-hmm. i'm not and i'm not even trying to keep up with her she's someone i'm just following because she's like interesting but I totally relate to like I don't think I wanted as much as them because it's people always go you must like love stand up so much Nikki you do it so much it's like "Mm -hmm." okay it's not that I don't love stand up I definitely do it's like as soon as I did it when I was nineteen I was like I found my calling this is what I meant to do and I am good at it when I am when I write a new joke if there's no greater feeling all those things but i don't really think i need it as much as like dave Chappelle needs it like i i look at someone like him who spends like four hours on stage sometimes and he is traveling all over to do it and he's like putting on shows during quarantine and i'm like man i should be doing shows during quarantine and i've been feeling immense i was so excited when this all went down because i was like i get to stop doing stand-up and I don't feel guilt about it because everyone has to stop. Yeah, You know, the competition is over because yep. I think for so long I was just doing it because I wanted to keep up. And I'm one of the best stand-ups out there. I got to keep that title. And if I don't do it every night, I'm going to lose it because it's like going to the gym. Like mm-hmm. you can be the most in shape at some point. And that doesn't mean you're just going to stay funny. You have to just keep doing it every night. And I was so excited. I got to take months and months off and then people started going on the road again. <laughs> and I was like, please don't, please you guys, just let's all agree to not do this for a little bit, like go yeah. start podcasting or something, do anything else. And now I got offers to do drive-in movie theater, like pretty much drive-in movie theaters where you don't have laughs. You have people in their cars, like blinking their lights Stop to, it. to show that they're laughing. Like, like we were just talking about no laughter, just like car lights or honks or whatever which is not why I do stand-up, is to perform in front of a bunch of cars. <laughs> we, uh, this disembodied enjoyment of entertainment that it's it's like doing it on Kimmel, like in an abandoned house with one person filming me. It's like, that isn't stand-up to me, but I feel immense pressure to take these dates. Yeah. Not because of the money, not because I'm yeah. bored or because I really want to get my voice out there and say something about what's going on, but because if I don't, then other people will, and I won't be the best at it And You're going to lose your spot. Or, and I, I will lose my spot, and some other, I hate to say it, woman will take my spot, because I'm not as threatened by men as women in this business, and I know that's like a controversial thing to say, and I wish it wasn't true that we were pitted against each other, and I know there's more. Sp- there's enough space for all of us, but is there? Because it seems like one woman, like, you know, Netflix has a quota of how many specials they give to women versus men. Like, it seems like the numbers Mm. are still, there's not enough for all of us. So I feel very threatened by other comics and women in general, like doing things. And that's what spurs me to like work so hard sometimes. And sometimes I go, I don't think I like doing this as much as these women do. So what am I making myself do this? For. Mm-hmm. So I, I I have these dates coming up and it's I'm really struggling with doing them because I don't I want to really assess where my desire to get on the road is coming from. Okay. Is it because of competition or because I want to have I have something to say? And well, I you just have fun said it. You just I answered. Your, you just answered your own question. Here's the thing: I'm prescribing mm-hmm. Susie
0: Batiz. She's the um, the CEO and founder of Poopery. I'm sure you use it in your oh, bathroom. Yeah. Okay. So she was a failed entrepreneur like a zillion times over, sometime in her early 40s. She was like, I quit. I suck at this. And she started creating these little oil concoctions for poop in her bathroom. Well, boom. (laughs) Now she created this massive company. It's worth almost a billion dollars. She's the sole investor. And she taught us in an episode about resonance and dissonance. So after my surgery, I started judging what I was going to do based on resonance and dissonance. So when something feels resonant, you're lit up. You can't wait to do it. You don't wanna stop. Everything is like butterflies or the, the rainbows and it's amazing, you're so excited. Dissonance, you're like, ugh, I can't believe I have to go do this drive-in theater. No one's gonna be friggin' laughing at, at This isn't how I wanna do it. That's how she makes her decisions. And oh, wow. that's another one I want to prescribe for you because I will oh, say this. I
3: don't think I'd do anything then, Maria. If no, I did.
0: <laughs> not true because you're wasting your energy on something that's not serving you anymore. I will tell okay. you, I used to say this soon after I realized that who we were at 19 when we discovered what we wanted to do and who we are now is two different people. So you're trapped in an old
3: dream. Yeah. I feel like a child actor a lot of times, where I was like, oh, I chose, I got sucked into this life at a young age. And I'm adapting and I'm finding other ways. And I still do love stand up, but not for cars. Yeah. And by the way, this might be your moment if you start to make these decisions
0: and these adjustments. Something's going to come to you that's going to feel resonant because you're going to allow space into your life for the new thing to come, whatever that new thing is, right? Like I gave up everything after surgery. I was like, okay, I am going to completely change my ways. And then I started going into this show and started doing all the health stuff and whatever. And now I'm kind of finding my, my new path, like what's really making my heart and my soul sing. And I, when I look back at like life, my first books, my New York Times bestselling books were all about helping people, all about sharing information, all about wanting to get better there. And so these are the themes that I never wanted to be an entertainment news host ever. When I was in college, I did regular news because I loved telling people stories. I loved human interest. I loved helping people. I never wanted to be an entertainment news. If anything, I was going to do sports because I loved sports. But guess what first came? it was entertainment news and I, how could I say no like this was amazing could say
3: no and by the way it.
0: I was great at it
3: and mm-hmm. I killed it <clears throat> and I'm so yeah proud. that's another thing when you're good at something you're yeah. like oh I meant to do this just like, because well, you can doesn't mm. mean you should and so right. I did
0: it I'm so grateful for all of it because I I, I got so much out of it but now it, it might be time for you to shift
3: yeah Was it hard for you, though, to turn down those jobs when they when those red carpets and those kind of jobs that were in that sort of um, area of work popped up? Was it how did you say no to those things? And did you have guilt over it? Did you watch whoever did get that job and go, oh, no, they could have been me. I mean, what was there any of that? Yeah. So after surgery, there was like a lot of pressure because I had a lot of
0: things pre-surgery that like big deals and all this stuff and after surgery I was like oh my god I gotta be able to get on a plane I'm like but I can't get on a plane I can't even walk I'm so dizzy like this is insanity so I kept pushing things and luckily like my team was you know great with me or whatever but then finally I was like wait what am I doing I called (laughs) up I canceled certain deals I was like I can't do this like I want to throw up at the thought that I'm going to go do this, you know, clothing line. I'm going to have to fly across country and do things at one in the morning. I I can't do this stuff. And so I canceled these things. And then what happened was when I had space, certain people would call and I would say, you know what? That's with really great people. That feels good to me. I'm going to do it. So when ABC called and said, would you host the live ABC pre-show for the Oscars? I was like, yeah, actually I will. When Live with Kelly was like, will you do our red carpet special for um, the Oscars? Like, yeah, actually, that feels good. I really love you guys. I love working with you. I fill in for Kelly all the time. In fact, I'll be filling in for Kelly next week on Wednesday and Thursday. You guys can tune in. But but now when I do things, I'm excited and I'm happy to Mm -hmm. do it. And so when you get rid of all the I have to's and get rid of all the dissonance, then you can like say, oh my God, you know what? Yeah, Jimmy Kimmel, I'm going to do that because that's going to be yeah. fun, right? And that's like, that's a cool like bucket list thing. I'm, I've, I've done it and, and I'm going to find a way to be the best, you know, they ever had. So that's like a big thing is like, you just have to, you know, y- you
3: can't be afraid. And you got to realize that, you know, I had a therapist <clears> that used <throat> to say, when you say no, you say yes to everything else. And I, 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 I always forget that because it just feels, it's so difficult for me to say no. I mean, we fought so hard to get where we are, where we even get these opportunities. Yep. And, the you know, I living at home with my parents and, and I come from a house that like really cares about, we, not not poor, but we live like we're poor. Like my parents are always stressed about money. So to turn down opportunities that mm-hmm. have this kind of money attached is is really hard to do because it's just you should just be so grateful that that kind of money is even offered to you. And to say no to things is Mm -hmm. just, it's, it's such a a luxury to be, even be able to say no to things, but it is, it is so hard, but I really, um, that resonates with me so much the 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 resonance versus dissonance, because it's funny. I I mean, I remember an ex-boyfriend being like, I have never met someone that dreads literally everything you do. Like every job you do is always like, oh like i make that noise so often yeah and um i don't have to because there are jobs offered to me that are that are very exciting to me i i know what it's like for something to be resonant but it's not it's not my first go-to because i i associate pain and dread and doing (laughs) things against my will with um with success and and like and feeling fulfilled because of that and it's just um I'm hearing what you're saying, and I really I really like it, and I needed this talk because I, I don't know that I want to um, do a lot of the things that I've kind of said maybe to, yeah, and, and I think it. that it's, Done. it would feel good to say no, actually.
0: Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I understand and totally connect with what you're saying. My parents were poor. They were immigrants. They were janitors. We really struggled growing up, and so- my dad would look at me and he would be like, are you nuts? I didn't make that in like 10 years. You're going to make that in one day? And so we get trained, you know, in that way. And yet... Yes, obviously we're appreciative and we're grateful. There's a difference, right? There's a difference between doing stuff that you feel like you have to and that you're going to dread. That's not good for you and your psyche and your soul. So if you've worked your ass off and you figure it out a way in life to be financially secure and you don't have to do it, then then you don't have to do it. And and then other shit's going to come and your life is going to get so much happier. Now what you're going to have to work with all these other experts on is being okay with being happy and I think that's something that we have to work on in our house too I think we're so used to being at war that that's what we're attracting in a sense because we don't know we've not known as a couple non-war time <sighs> <clears throat> so that's another realization where I'm like we've not known war time like Kevin is mm-hmm. is renovating a property right out to flip and whatever and everything's like chaotic or whatever and I go mm-hmm. wow you keep saying this is the last time, but yeah. it's never the last time. Never.
3: <laughs> now, when you vacation, are the are you able to vacation and really relax? Or has that been something that, you know, took you a while to be able to do? It took a while. Uh, to be happy. It took a while. Yeah, it took yeah. a while. But um, I
0: have like a no phone policy on vacation now. Oh, wow. And so, like, if I go away with a friend, which sometimes I'll do because Kevin doesn't always want to go. I don't know when we're ever going to be able to go away again. But um, I Mm -hmm. always say, like, no phone policy. We are going to get to see each other. The whole point is we haven't seen each other. And, you know, like, my best friend and I will go and she's on, you know, opposite coast. I'm like, why do you need to be with your friends in Boston you're going to see every day for 360 days out of the year when these are our five days? And so... We have a no phone policy. We just check in at night when we're, you know, back in our hotel rooms we can check in with family at night, but the rest of it is just play and
3: fun and just forgetting about work. Um and yeah. I love that. I I'm, I'm I'm getting into that too. I found that like reconnecting with friends and going on friend trips has been one of the the greatest things I can do for myself. I'm actually going away next week, so I'm going to I'm going to institute the the no phone thing cuz I That's the other thing. Gotta get away from the phone. I've been avoiding that, looking at that addiction for a while. And it's like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta stop. I have to tackle that next.
0: I was unaddicted and then coronavirus got me addicted again. (sighs) Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, it's such a better place to be without it. I also wonder like for you, hopefully, yeah, you find a place in St. Louis, move your shit out of New York and just say sayonara because- I think that the longer you stay at your parents, I will tell you, like, I have that sometimes too. When you go back home, you get claustrophobic and you think it's all over. But if you create your own life there and, like, now you've got your thing and you've chosen to be there, for some reason, when you're with your parents, it doesn't feel like a choice anymore. It's so
3: true. <laughs> I, I mean, I really, I really hope that that happens. I'm just acting as if that will happen. That feeling will come when I get my own place. I'm yeah. scared that it won't because it's, I'm so far from it right now. And I feel so out of sorts and like, do I even have any friends in this town? What is it going to look like? Am I just going to move out and sit in an apartment alone with no one? And the truth is, no, I can then start to build my own life here. Mm-hmm. Um, and which I've not done because I live with them and I'm not be able to go out and make friends or, um, and so I think I really appreciate your advice. You're so wise and so uh-huh. like i just i needed this more than i i, I thought i did thank you well, i really awesome feel like i just too. i felt like i had a therapy session <laughs> i feel you answered so many i mean i woke up this morning truly depressed and like uh-huh. filled with dread cuz i have to make decisions about things coming up and um and I feel like I got some answers during this time which I just was not expecting and it just feels a lot more clear and I'm just I don't know how you did it but I really feel less depressed which is generally I just have to like wait these storms out but I feel like something has been lifted Uh, honestly you're you're really good well I think
0: it's because you feel free now like you feel free to do what you want to do
3: yeah. Well, Maria Menounos, who is like my, uh, uh you're my JLo girl, <laughs> like watching you set the standard of someone who works so hard, but is so much herself and is, r- is just radiant all the time and makes it look so easy. But I know works like so hard has a relate, a, a healthy relationship from what I can tell, um, is just, you know, beloved by everyone. I mean, mm. you're someone I look to as like, has it all, but to hear that you've struggled with these things and are in this place now because you've let some of the stuff that I'm holding on to go is a great uh, model for me. So I'll unmute you now. I'm just kidding. I've never- <laughs> 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 and there's the laugh. There we go. Oh Finally, oh, we got it. <laughs> I'm so
0: happy. I know. You know, my favorite thing about this show is you just never know where it's going to go. Yeah. And, um, and it's, you know, and it's one of my favorite things. So I'm so glad you got so much out of it. Um, you have my cell phone. We, have, I know I do. We have texted. You can text me anytime. But remember that feeling. That's what you need to keep chasing is that feeling of freedom. And when we surrender and we say yeah, actually going to do what I'm going to feel good about. Like literally write a note on your wall, resonance, dissonance, and then make your decisions based on that every single day. It will serve you every single time because you're going to be happy. And when you're happy and you're uplifted, ideas flow through and then you can execute because you're in a high vibration state and you've got energy and you're excited. But when we're, argh, I do the same thing. I would look at shit on my calendar, whether it was like meetups with friends, whatever, and I was like, oh my friggin' God, I can't how do I get out of it? And I would try to figure out how I could cancel. Yes. All the time. And so because I over myself and I overdid it. And now I'm just like I'm so much freer because I'm like, yeah um, we'll try for that day. And if I feel good that day, cool. If not, then, you know, we won't do it. And the people who will stay in your life are the people who actually really love you and really
3: want to be in your life and everybody else can go screw. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I really hear what you're saying. And I, I think that whatever you've done, that's led you to doing this, I mean, it's this show is so amazing, and I just—I mean, just being a guest on it, I got so much out of it, and so I can. And it sounds like every episode you have just these amazing guests. So you've really tapped into something that, you I mean? I mean, you've been doing this, been in this business for so long, and and you really seem to be enjoying yourself, and uh and doing something that you're—I mean, honestly, like very very good at. You've tapped into something, so. I'm really, uh, I'm proud of you and uh, you're definitely an inspiration. So thanks thanks for having me. Oh, I love
0: you. Thank you so much. I love you. And um, I look forward to hearing from you and your free moments where you're excited. And and then if you don't have exciting moments and you need a refresher, I'm going to send you a couple of episodes. I have four episodes that I think are going to really be helpful for you. But you're right. We do have insane conversations Mm -hmm. every day where I'm like holy shit how did we top the last one like that because the people that we're bringing in are so amazing and we all are on our journeys to get better and that's what these people are doing if you can take one or two nuggets every episode and apply it then man like we're we're fast forwarding You know especially we have a lot of young people that listen to we're fast forwarding their progress like they're not going to be 42 still trying to figure out like oh why do i accept this shit Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's like that's got to get fixed like but what the good thing is is when shit doesn't feel right that's your signal that's that's the universe telling you something's off and what is off? Oh, OK, then you can go investigate deeper into that. And OK, all right, mm-hmm. so that's what we got to fix. That's what we get to adjust. Cool. They're just signals. And we're going to keep having them, right? Because as you're growing, it's like a video game. A look at life is like a video game. Mm-hmm. So we're Super Mario Brothers, like level one. Well, once you get through the level one, you get to level two, there are a whole new set of problems we got to get to. And by the way, those, those bogeys are coming faster, the shit's getting real, and you got to get mm-hmm. through that. And then when you get to the next level, the stakes just keep going higher and higher. So we got to stay cool through the process, know that we have to, like, figure stuff out. And, you know, the, the life is just about getting to those next levels of, like, enlightenment and betterment and and trying to just
3: find ways to be happy in, you know, this world. Yeah. And and to enjoy the, the fruits of our labor and not always look for the next thing that's going to make us uncomfortable to get through. Like, yeah. really... Because like like you said before, like what is the point of all of this mm-hmm. if we're not having fun in the process? So yep. I uh, – well, I had fun in this process. <laughs> I'm so glad. Well, you have an amazing day. Say hi thank to mom you, and dad. I love their I like will. performance They're on right Jimmy. Here. Tell them. <laughs> oh, thank you. Lo- they'll love that. Thank you so much. All right. We'll talk soon. All right. Bye, Maria. Bye. Thank you, guys. You're welcome.
0: All right. So, guys, we're giving her Patty Penn. Yes. Peter Crone. Yes. Tammy Valicenti, EMDR, EMDR. and um, Susie Batiste. Love. Those are, that's her prescription. P.S., this is what I do to people every time I meet them. I'm like, okay, hold on, hold on. Yeah, you need this I'm person, like, you need oof, that
1: person. I on myself, too. I'm like, okay, I'm ready. Good, right? So good.
2: I, Maria, you, like, really spoke to Nikki. That was cool. I was, like, watching you unpack her. The cool thing is you're osmosis-ing all this stuff on the show and mm-hmm. becoming, you're kind of becoming one of the, well, you have been, but- with every episode, I'm seeing you become the expert you're bringing on every mm-hmm. week, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. pretty neat. I'm just so happy that, yeah. you know, <clears throat> that we were able to be helpful to her because, you know, it's it's tough.
1: It is tough. Life is hard, guys. Well, and like you said, Maria, too, it's <coughs> like, right now, I think it's a time where everything's just bubbling to the surface and we cannot suppress it. And we've suppressed it for a long time. Every single person has something they need to work on. That's why this show is... Like every single person needs to grow and they're yep. on their own journey. So right now we're all like, <gasps> <clears throat> and everyone needs this. So that was really cool. I mean, Thanks. I like Jeff and I are so lucky because we get to be here with you and listen to that and listen to you preach your, preach your goodness and your knowledge. So I got a lot, of, lot out of that too.
0: Thanks. All right. Well, guys. You can follow Nikki on all social platforms at Nikki Glazer. We'll put that in uh, the description. I, also, she has a podcast called You Up um, and let's see if uh, I have anything else to tell you. Told you about filling in for Kelly Reba next week. Oh, we have a really amazing episode next Wednesday with Gary V. He's an entrepreneur, a tech guru. He has his own self-help podcast. He is incredible. We're so excited to have him. So don't forget to subscribe so that you can remember to tune in. And then tomorrow's episode, we have Cornell trained holistic psychologist, Dr. Nicole LaPera to discuss the important connections between physical, mental, and emotional wellness. That should be a good one too. Uh, in the meantime, follow us at Maria Menunos, at Jeff Crane Graham, at Meyer too. And remember, be nice people, make good choices, and be present.